Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Cooking with Grief, the podcast with no cooking and the grief is all yours. My name's Chris and I am of course joined by my strictly platonic partner, the Chewbacca to my hand Solo, the Maverick to my Goose, Chris. That's me, I'm your Chewbacca. Yes, you are. And I'm not... I'm, but strictly I'm, platonic. Well, I'm, yeah, platonically hairy I guess and I'm also not seeing Top Gun so I don't know how uh, how Maverick or Goose is. Is that a Top Gun thing? It is a Top Gun thing, well done. Thanks. Neither of them are excessively hairy. Okay, well, I'm I'm neither of those things to your other thing then. So, besides that, how are you today? I'm I'm good. I'm you know we're recording. I've got my special podcast hat on. It's all going well. Before we get going, let's just have a quick reminder of the uh, format for today's show. So we have both trawled the ocean that is the internet uh, for interesting stories, news items, and/or fun facts. And we've each brought two items to the podcast for a bit of a show and tell. So neither of us have seen inside the other's mystery box, so to speak. So uh, hopefully we'll all learn something new and have a bit of a giggle whilst we're at it. So without further ado, it's over to you, Chris, for your first tidbit. So Chris, if you could win any award, what would you most want to win? Best sound mixing at the Oscars. It's a bit left field, right, I wasn't... <laughs> but you weren't expecting that, especially considering I have no background in sound editing. And your name's not Oscar. That is also true. Well, I can't offer you that prize because I'm not on the committee, despite all my letters. But I don't know if you know that Britain has a Britain's Rudest Name Award. Oh, really? And you did not win this year. Oh. To be fair, there's quite a lot of competition from all the other Chris's. Yeah, I mean, and Chris by itself isn't a particularly... Uh, rude name unless you i don't know add a t and then a swear word but then the swear words doing most of the heavy lifting i suppose exactly the, uh, but the man who did win is called richard coxwell <laughs> <laughs> and... uh, i think i know where this is going uh, as well we'll carry on of course he goes by dick because <laughs> if you're interested in becoming you know mr britain's rudest name then of course you're going to go with Dick over Richard. Now, the judging panel took into consideration that he lives at 69 Rump Crescent. <laughs> Surely at this stage you've got to ask if he's doing this deliberately. Well, that, that, that's the thing, right? Is First of all, what sadistic parents have you got going, right, okay, our surname is Coxwell. What? How do we avoid a... I mean, I suppose, a, a, you know, you're always going to get mocked. At school for that so he's clearly embraced it and thought you know what i'm going to celebrate the fact that my name is dick coxwell but then did he see uh, a house at 69 rump crescent and think i have to buy that i like to think it wasn't even convenient for him in any way but he committed to this name that, and he was or even that he or even that he built his own street <laughs> that would be dedication especially if he had to build another 68 houses just so he could live in number 69 <laughs> one does not simply just become britain's rudest names man but i mean the prize it's just like a plaque and a ceremony with other winners. There's no like monetary prize. It's not like the Nobel Prize where you've got to give a speech, but then you also get, you know, a load of cash with it. It's just the pride <laughs> and shame, I suppose. Yeah, shame. Maybe, you know, you, you know, your other half just turning down marriage proposal, just going, I'm not becoming a Coxwell. I wouldn't blame her. Or him. Or him. Exactly, it's 21st century. It's 2015, guys. Um, the, the joke there is that it's not uh, 2015, uh, unless you're listening to this in 2015, in which case... 
how, um, but also enjoy because it goes downhill. <laughs> but the, the thing that struck me about a name like Richard Coxwell is that, you know, like in Bond films, like not so much like the modern ones, but there was a, an era where the, the Bond girl would, you know, would have a sort of euphemistic name like Pussy Galore or, you know, yeah. Jane Nosher or I, I don't know, I've not seen them. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I think, but, I think you're reaching there. Yeah, I, I guess. But, you know, I, I don't work in Hollywood. If they, if they you know, redid bond where you know it's jane bond rather than james or you know the you know it's the the, the main it's, it's a female lead will they then go through a period of having euphemistically named bond boys bond, bond boys. men i suppose bond boys that's there's something about that that doesn't sound <laughs> great if i'm honest but but dick coxwell is clearly i mean he might not be able to act but the name is certainly, you know, like... You should trademark that. Ah, Mr. Coxwell, I see you. Coxwell. <laughs> so following on from last week, obviously we're hitting, you know, the highest of all highbrows. So that's my first topic. Chris, what's yours? All right, well, mine isn't genital-based. Oh. I'm sorry to disappoint. My thing is about a truck, which is not sexy, but basically... Even though we live in the digital age and, you know, we can communicate across time and space, but, you know, we're mostly limited to Earth. Turns out that if you want to send large amounts of data, Amazon will actually send a giant truck round to your, let's say your house, but let's be honest, you've probably got a data center or something if you need this. And it's basically a giant USB stick, which is in no way the technical description, but literally if you want to send, well, it says here, 100 petabytes of data, the internet just is too slow to send that amount of info. But a truck can drive at 70 miles an hour. So they send the truck round, you plug in your uh, all your hard drives, upload your data, and it will drive it across the country to uh, wherever it needs to be delivered. That's the future, apparently. Lorries. Big lorries. <laughs> That's uh, that's insane. So, so what kind of? So it was what a hundred petabytes? Did you say petabytes? Which is hold on one here, a hundred million gigabytes. Quite a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of porn. That's probably like a fraction of the porn on the internet. I knew you'd find a way to make this low, bro. I always try. So, so all right. So, oh, sorry. I'm just still trying to wrap my head around. The fact that we live in an age where this is a, such a thing that Amazon have rolled out a service for it. So what sort of stuff, like like film stuff? or Well, basically, so Amazon have what is called... Um, a truck. A truck, yes. No, uh, Amazon Web Services, where basically they host other websites on their servers, including Netflix. So even though they're rivals, Netflix is basically entirely reliant on Amazon's well, Amazon storage and uh, computing. Yeah, so I don't know if Netflix are one of the customers, but yeah, anybody with masses of data to move around, it's yeah, it's just easier to literally drive it places. So it's weird. We've kind of come full circuit. You know, we've gone from actually sending letters to people to being like, oh, we don't need letters. We can just send stuff in um, over the internet, which I hear is a series of water tubes. <laughs> yeah, and now we've gone back to you know what? It's easier if I just stick it in a massive lorry and drive that to you. So so now, so crime used to be you know you'd rob a bank, you get the money. Now the cybercrime, we hack websites. Is it now going to come? Back to physically halting the truck and yeah. stealing 
hard drives, I guess, and then ransoming the... And now we've got our first film pitch. Which, ironically, will be transported on a truck <laughs> and meet the fate of the, of the actual film itself. It's going to be a very meta film. In fact, that could be part of the marketing. We could steal our own film. And we could call it Meta And day, ransom yeah. it back to us. Or John Wick 3. Ah, here we go. So, here's a little thing for you. Uploading 100 petabytes over 1 gigabit per second connection would take 25 years. And this truck can carry 100 metabyte, uh, hundred petabytes, sorry. Let's have a look at how many zeros this is. I, I, I'm no mathematician, but I'm going to say a fair few. It's quite a lot. So, so it's 10 to the 17. Right, okay. I, I mean, I know that 17 is a number, so I can I can confirm that. It's, it's sort of staggering, isn't it, really? That oh, yeah, the numbers that you can't really... Get your head around. Wrap your head around. So one petabyte would be one zero 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 I'm I mean obviously I'm gonna have to cut some of those zeros out in the edit. Yeah, we don't have enough time for this. If I read all this out we're gonna have to get the Amazon truck to come deliver this episode. But the thing is right, is you know like in newspapers like a common thing is like Anytime any big number around around it, they always measure it in the length of trucks. Like, you know, so are they, are they going to measure? It's enough data to fill whales. <laughs> the country or the whales just cramming just USBs into whales. It just, maybe yeah. that's what the blowfalls for. Maybe they're very forward thinking. They, they are major. very smart animals. Yeah, but I mean, have they got Amazon trucks filled with? All the world's porn. Not that. that no, not not no, that I know of. Just get. It would just get. It would just get wet. I mean, that would be ridiculous. All right, you're right. I'd they be... have Amazon submarines. <laughs> Duh. Sorry, I've been a fool. Give back your science card. I I traded it for a um a punchline. <laughs> it was a good swap evidence. <laughs> Clearly, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk over here. that's how all segments should end with a a sigh of disbelief I've got nothing to say hope you've enjoyed it people because we haven't so yeah that's my Amazon fact for you there now I'm going to park the knowledge truck over with you Chris I hope you like that segue I do, I mean I don't drive so it's, it's hard to sort of Roll with it like a, a wheel rolls. Really? So, yeah, car, car reference there. God, I am thick. Chris, have you ever been arrested for being a prostitute? No, that's an oddly specific question. Well, it'll be become less specific and more uh, related shortly. Because, you know, we've known each other a long time, but, you know, there are some things I don't know about you. And one of those things was, has Chris ever been arrested for being a prostitute? There was a courtesan in ancient Greece called... Uh, Frayne, I think, Frayne, Frayne, I could be wrong, who was put on trial and her defence was simply to strip naked in front of an all-male jury and ask them if they could really um, condemn a body so beautiful. And she got off. And so did they. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of shuffling of papers and (laughs) other things. How well does a talk about Hide a boner. And that was a historically incorrect joke because Greeks didn't wear togas. I apologise. I will tear up my classics card. Can you remember what 
we think of as the Greek um, toga? No. Our, our classics teacher would be ashamed of you. It was called a chitone. Oh. See, we're learning and almost laughing. Um, but it, the, the theory was that, like in in sort of Greek society, that beauty was a sign of favor from the gods, so that beauty was inherently linked with goodness. Yeah. Like to, even to the po- point that like nobles were called uh, the kaloi kagathoi or the beautiful and the good like literally like if someone is beautiful then they are incapable of doing wrong so they they found her innocent because she was you know hot. it was hot essentially and it's just nice to know that we've come such a long way that we we try people on their deeds not on their slamming bods it's yeah. it's yeah, it's, 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 it's nice human has pro- is it... humanity has progressed over the last two and a half thousand years has it I, get, uh, I mean, we've got giant, you know, Amazon trucks, so that exactly. is Take that, that is something. Take that, you rippers. But the, but 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 the... <laughs> yeah, that'll show him, the dead bastard. But I, I suppose it's it's you know, do whatever you can to win the case, I guess. And if you have, yeah, well, use what you can. Exactly. I yeah, imagine so... the two ways of winning a court case then in ancient Greece were either to show that you were beautiful and therefore good, or to just slaughter everybody around you, Kratos style. Yeah, it, that is a historically accurate documentary. You know, the fourth <laughs> instalment of which uh, come, comes out uh, at some point soon, I think. Yes. In which, you know, it, in which case, give us that sweet, sweet sponsorship money. It's probably not the best yeah. marketing strategy to give the advert first <laughs> and then ask for money. <laughs> and they go, well, we mentioned a thing. Can we can we have some of that money, I guess? So wait, where about, I mean, mate, I don't want to put you on the spot here uh, in case this isn't in uh, in your knowledge bank, but whereabouts in Greece was this? Was this Athens or was it somewhere? It was the, it was the northern bit. The northern bit, fair enough. I wasn't sure if yeah, it was somewhere that yeah. we all look back at as the cradle of civilization, and then be like, eh, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe they weren't no, all I, I, good I, ideas. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I would assume it was Athens because the people defending her were all like famous socialites. Uh, she was a courtesan, so she was sort of linked, but you know, embroiled in a you know a sort of noble family. So I'm guessing it would have been Athens, but you know, scant research as a. <laughs> compelled someone listening to this to write an angry comment going it was in 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 Lystros you dick then please let let us know in the in the comments wherever you choose to do that and we would actually appreciate that knowledge do our research for us yeah you know we're both sort of classically educated idiots just re- trying to hold on to <laughs> The, the, f- the few sort of scraps of interesting stuff that we remember from a expensive private school and then just squandering the rest. Well, I don't know, I can't speak for yourself. I have certainly squandered everything that happened after that. Everything that was given to me on a plate, I've just absolutely spat back in the world's face and just, I'm a disappointment to most. Sorry, this is... I've turned this <laughs> this is got very personal. But, um, I, I think it all started in childhood, really. Yeah. Feelings of real uh, inadequacy. What do you rip joke cheer you up? Is it the same one that you told last week? Yes. <laughs> All right. Tell me, but use a different garment of clothes, and let's see if we can make this a regular fe- feature where you tell the same joke every week. <laughs> I don't think we should. But, uh, for, for the interest of cheering you up, knock, knock. Sorry, I'm busy right now. Yeah, it's for the best. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on my way. I'm, bu- I'm busy mending these trousers. <laughs> Oh. I was reading somewhere about some uh, ancient Greek guy, vague. which is so vague, I know, but he, <laughs> <laughs> he apparently died laughing at his own joke. 
<laughs> just the way I want to go. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. And it will definitely be. It was a joke that only me and you laugh at, and then just you know your your family gathered around looking concerned, um, and me, me, me sort of questioning why I'm there. Why you know, you know we are joined by his family. I don't know why we're doing the eulogy at, at the hospital. But, you know, I'm not dead yet. There. We are joined by obviously his family and his podcast co-host, the closest. Human bond, <laughs> two men can find for one another, <laughs> platonically <laughs> or otherwise. <laughs> you oh. change your tunes in the intro, oh, and that also brings us back to ancient Greece. Because uh, in that, what um, was that film called? Troy, where they were, was it called Achilles and Patrocles? Patrick, Patrick, the Irish Greek man. <laughs> The, um, I'm just saying how high your voice in, can um, go. <laughs> they're cousins in Troy, but apparently in, uh, I say real life, I mean in a tentatively historical document that nobody knows exactly who wrote it, but they think it might be Homer. They were lovers, weren't they? Oh, big time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because just all, 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 all up in there. And it turns out um, Patrocles was actually called Dick Coxwell. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was his sort of pet name, because I I think the theory if I can remember my I'd like to point out you know absolutely wasted expensive private education is wasn't it like men they fell in love with other men because it's who they fought alongside and it's who they yeah. you know, grew to to love and then you, they also had wives to raise a family and you know they yeah got on they were all but into that it, it was, it's like uh, the Spartans they used to be all into that despite what 300 would have you think yeah because i know i know it was spartans like they were i suppose by modern standards almost quite effeminate like mm. before battle they would you know wash each other and you know like shave each other and you know like do each other's hair sounds like, like a rugby team to be fair <laughs> yeah that's more private edu- you know education sort of flashbacks <laughs> oh the showers the showers um <laughs> Um, but again, we've moved on. We've moved on. We're fine. I was also, it's also quite intimidating if you're gearing up for a war and you look across and all the Spartans are braiding each other's hair and gossiping. You think <laughs> they are so confident about this that yeah. they're learning how to do French braids before <laughs> <laughs> slaughtering us. Uh, I also read somewhere about um, the band of Thebes, who were an army where they were all, you know, uh, male couples, mm. uh, and I think they were the only. One of the few armies that didn't get conquered by, I want to say Alexander the Great, but I may be just mixing and matching random Greek history. Um, Welcome to Vague History with Chris and Chris. <laughs> vague, unresearched. Half remembered half troops. Remembered two troops. blokes down a pub going, was it Thebes? Was it the Mongolians? No, no, it was definitely Thebes. It was definitely oh, okay. Thebes, but I can't remember who they fought. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was the Mongols. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to turn up, don't they? Or Vikings. Or aliens, or who cares? Yes, exactly. Um, I'm pretty sure they fought the Daleks. But, I mean, that, that makes sense. If you're fighting side-by-side side with the man you love most, mm-hmm. then you're more inclined to not let anything happen to them. And also, probably, you know, if something does happen, to fly into a sort of cinematic rage and, yeah. you know... I'm pretty sure there'd be slow motion. Definitely, and sort of, you know, lots of glistening... Abs. It's quite hard to write <laughs> this podcast. It's definitely taken I a did, turn this week. It's, a turn I did not see coming. Um, 
Oh, yeah, I wasn't. We weren't planning on this, but I love you. <laughs> and I think that's where we're gonna call this one. I agree. <laughs> right, so that's my second topic. Please dig us out of this sort of half-remembered history hole. What's your second topic? Okay, yeah. So we'll transition from half-remembered history into half-understood science. <laughs> with the news that scientists have created an enzyme that will eat plastic bottles, which is obviously very clever, only it turns out they accidentally created it. As all the best science comes about that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it got me thinking, because uh, penicillin was invented accidentally when uh, Alexander Fleming left the Petri dish open when he was trying to research something else and ended up you know, coming up with one of the greatest breakthroughs in medical history. A bit less revolutionary, but I'd say no less important, was uh, post-it notes were invented accidentally when somebody was trying to make a... was trying to invent a type of glue, and the only glue they came up with was one that didn't work very well. And then they were like, what can I do with this? And we're like, I can just stick it to bits of paper, which I want to stick on stuff, but not for too long. Yeah, perfect, yeah. Boom, post-it notes. So yeah, but I can't help but feel like you kind of go in... If, imagine if you're a scientist who, you know, diligently you know, listen to all the things you were taught about, like experimental theory and all that, and, you know, documenting everything, or, you know, controlling everything so that you only got, you only measured what you're looking for. And then some guy's just like, I had no idea what I was doing. I just threw some shit in a test tube and then boom, cured cancer. Or accidentally, you know, created a uh, supervillain. You know, it could go either way. I know, I think those are, if it's a 50-50, I'd, I'd take those odds. Like, I'd take a, right. a supervillain chance. To be honest, well, yeah, I'd say it's a win-win. I mean, <laughs> either way, you're getting, you're getting in the paper. <laughs> yeah, either the news gets more interesting. Well, I suppose either way the news gets more interesting. It's just, okay, so my, my scientific understanding, as everything I've said so far will make obvious. So it's, a, a, so it's an enzyme that, what eats plastic and then does it it produce anything as a waste product obviously hopefully not more plastic well yeah no so apparently talk, as, as, as a layman talk is... me through how it works if you can okay this is some pressure this is like the blind leading the blind here <laughs> <laughs> so basically yeah so this enzyme breaks down plastic that's been um you're treated and turned into stuff because plastic's basically uh, a byproduct of oil and so it takes that down and breaks it back down into its uh, constituent parts into something that you can then reuse into making into more plastic. So I think basically one of the things is you can recycle, say, plastic bottles, but it turns into like low grade plastic. And also if it's dumped, there's just nothing you can do about it. Whereas this, the idea is you break it down into its constituent parts so you can remake it into you know, more high-grade plastic. So I think at the moment, a plastic bottle can't be turned back into a plastic bottle because, you know, it's the type of plastic that would just break yeah, down yeah, in yeah. water and you'd choke on it, that type of thing. Uh, but yeah, the main thing is just because most of the plastics now is just ended up in the water. So we can release the enzyme that will definitely stop once it's just eating the plastic you want to eat and will in no way <laughs> turn into a uh, sci-fi original yeah, this movie. Is, this is the start, like the opening, you know, like flashback of a 
apocalypse movie. You know, you'll see a sort of, you know, a newspaper flutter past, you know, a desolate landscape that says, you know, scientists, you know, cures plastic, uh, you know. But then they'll, they'll, the characters will laugh and say, oh, one headline so stupid back then. And then it'll, you know, cut forward and it, you know, the enzymes spread and mutated and then it ate all the penguins. Then it ate all the trout, mixing bodies exactly. of water somehow. And then we had neither penguins nor trout and everything went to shit from there. Yeah, I mean, penguins and trout are important. I would, I would agree. Not the most cinematic of losses. Morgan Freeman's beside himself. <laughs> oh yeah, actually, yeah. Morgan Freeman gets it all day. We've got a winner. So what were they trying to create? <laughs> I don't. I'm not actually sure. I mean, probably he's just trying to invent a new bicycle. <laughs> just or to find his keys. Oh, they were. They were actually just looking. So they found a bacteria that naturally ate plastic to some degree, uh, and they were just trying to see how it could evolve, and um, yeah, they inadvertently made it better. They weren't trying to improve it, they were just trying to study it, and uh, accidentally, you know, that thing where, you know, you don't even try, but you accidentally make something way better than what all those people were trying their hardest to do, but you just got the touch. I don't know why I'm so bitter about this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not like you went into a particular (laughs) sort of, like, research-heavy field of science, so it's not like like you missed out on crucial (laughs) funding because of those plastic guys. Damn Enzyme Men. That's not a bad uh, title for the inevitable, uh, you know, apocalyptic film, The Enzyme Men. The Enzyme Men, exactly. You know, that, that that's yeah, that, that's yeah, the sort yeah. of Avengers-style big cast of superheroes that that have to team up to take on the bacteria, which is voiced by Vin Diesel, I think. Oh, he's got he's got an enzyme voice. What a compliment! <laughs> have you ever watched any of those sci-fi originals or um, asylum films? I mean, it's a long shot. You haven't even seen Top Gun, but still, uh, I'll ask the question to be well, polite. Thank you for being polite. Of course I haven't. My cinematic knowledge ended <laughs> at Toy Story 2. No, there's stuff like, uh, well, like Sharknado, you may have heard, heard of. it, not seen it. Yeah, there was one I remember watching, which was amazing. I can't remember what it's called, but the setup was, there was a, um... <laughs> let me tell you the Welcome setup. Welcome to <laughs> Film Review with Chris and Chris. <laughs> the same people who brought you spurious sort of half-baked opinions on history now bring you half-remembered details of films they might have seen but ones they Just, definitely didn't I I did see this one the setup was that aliens were invading through a portal on some tropical Classic. island and at the same time there just happened to be some commandos on a training exercise on said island you know which fair enough action movie setup. But then, at the same time, on the same island, there was a bikini contest going on. Of course there was. I mean, what an island. <laughs> I actually have had discussions oh, I, hang on, about hang on, hang like, on. how to make the perfect <laughs> film. I've segued massively. Leave me alone. I'm on a roll. Are you? I thought you just landed in a ditch. What <laughs> What happened? Do the aliens fight bikini-clad commandos? Where, where are you going? Oh, I can't remember. The good guys win. Who are the good guys? <laughs> what are they wearing? Oh, are they going know. commando or are they wearing bikinis? In bikinis. Well, yeah, you can't really do both. What was the... What was, I mean, I know you can say this. Literally, yeah. This is called vague vague film reviews, Chris. Vague. That's not a review. It's a half a setup. There are three groups of people. Oh, God, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who might you be watching it. You can't remember the name of the film. How can you spoil something that you you dreamt of? <laughs> Some, yeah. In hindsight, this may have just been a fever dream. You have been very ill recently. <laughs> On a tropical island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
and just returning my voice to its normal husky tone after that slightly uh... back to enzyme Vin Diesel tone. So I I I imagine an enzyme sort of supervillain would have more a gravelly voice, more like a like a I've come to destroy. Like, like that sort of exactly. Uh, I'd like to imagine though, because obviously enzyme and uh, one enzyme's not a lot, but you'd have like lots of enzymes. So I imagine it would, you know, be a bit of a voice of legion thing going on. So or, or sort of dubbed over, like just lots of more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know how we've ended up going from uh, how we're going to turn enzymes into a horror movie, but I'm kind of glad we did. Thank you, science. This is look. We are just the prophets of our time, and I'm just saying, if you see some plastic, look out because it might eat your face. Well, the plastic won't, but there might be something chasing it. In fact, the plastic might be just running from the enzyme. So, really, if you see any enzyme, um, no, no, if you see any enzymes, you'd have to have bloody good eyesight for that. If you see any plastic, pick it up because it might be running away from an enzyme. I mean, okay, first of all, how dare you, you know, undercut my excellent prophecy? But secondly. If you see some plastic <laughs> on the floor, maybe pick it up anyway because it's probably rubbish and recycling. <laughs> like, just tidy up your street. Like, like don't, don't. What I'm saying is, like, if you see some plastic on the ground, don't think, "Well, should I pick this up because of it, because it because it's <laughs> fleeing from a sort of enzyme genocide." Just like voice by voice Vin Diesel. By Diesel. <laughs> you know, negotiations pending. Um, <laughs> Because he has to do like thousands of voices, he wants thousands of paychecks. So it's it's a whole thing. Yeah, um, we're gonna get the uh, this best sound mix in Oscar if it kills us. See that brought it full circle. You thought that was a throwaway joke? No, no. I, look, okay. The callback and the and if I'd stopped there, that would have been a perfect place to stop. But I'm nothing if not completely oblivious to comedic timing. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that's that's a guarantee you can take to the fishmongers. I, I forgot my point. I, why didn't I stop when you said that? That was a... Uh, I mean, I know I could edit this out, but... All right, it's too late now. Let's keep going. We're going to have to keep going for another like 20 minutes. Did you see how quickly I got off the topic of silence because I'm so baffled by anything? <laughs> you said enzyme, and I went, oh, God. Wizard. <laughs> and I just... I immediately went to, well, it must be killing the penguins, <laughs> which is... I mean... If penguins. You, they're science, yeah, aren't they? they fall under the science. Everything is either science or art, and penguins are... Our science. I'd like to say penguins straddle the border between art and science. Would you know? In what? In, 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 yeah, in what I don't way, have anything yeah, to back. <laughs> In what way are penguins artistic? I wasn't expecting any follow-up questions on this, but I'm going to go with the fact that they look like they wear tuxedos, and you wear tuxedos to fancy art events. Well played. Thank you. It was tenuous <laughs> at best. <laughs> wow, this is this has been quite the journey from. Uh, Ancient Greece through to vaguely remembered science through to many, 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 many genital references. So hopefully you've learnt more than we did. And hopefully you can educate us down in the comments, actually, because it turns out we know fuck all. Well, we sort of half know, you know, there's a term like pancake knowledge, where we know a very tiny, you know, a little bit about everything. I suppose it's more like a crepe than a traditional pancake, yeah. but, but I, 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 I think I know a lot. You know, a little bit about a lot, if that makes sense, which yeah. it doesn't to me because I don't know anything. We get round through the first few rounds of who wants to be a millionaire, but will never actually win the million. So I think we've exhausted all our knowledge for today. You know, well, we should go away and stock up on a tiny, you know, fraction more of information. Yeah, let's go from a crepe to an American style pancake and we'll call that a win. Okay, so what's the ultimate goal sort of food wise? 
knowledge food wise I'd, I'd like a full to roast say, yeah a full roast a of full knowledge. roast uh, we have a With full Yorkshire pudding you know, oh obviously it's not a roast without one yeah I think if, if we could cram our knowledge into a shoulder of lamb then we're doing something right and until then our, our you know families are disappointed in us Again, I'm not. I can't speak for you, speak for you, but <laughs> I feel like you've uh, you're working through some army. issues here. And so, uh, until next time, though, I think it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. No, wait, from me. <laughs> Nailed it. Adios. So long. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cooking with Grief. If you enjoyed it, please make sure to recommend it to a friend. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email cookingwithgrief at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter. That's at cookingwithgrief. If you'd like to hear more episodes, then please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you've got the time, then it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you.